There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Now, in the years since the Good Friday Agreement and during the period of devolution, our politicians have let us down when it comes to the educating of our children. I think that's a fair representation of what has been revealed in research done for the think tank Pivotal, led by Professor Tony Gallagher. Uh, Professor Gallagher, good morning. Good morning. Good to talk to you again, Frank. And thank you for joining us, Tony. Thank you indeed. Um, The think tank Pivotal, just remind us of who exactly uh, they are, first of all. Yeah, well, there's a number of different people from different uh, areas of life who are all interested in trying to to change and improve the policy environment in in Northern Ireland. Um, There have been there's been a growing concern for quite a long time around uh, around this issue. In some senses, it's been heightened because of the suspension of the Assembly over the last couple of years and all the tensions that have emerged around Brexit. And so I think this is a really important intervention at this point to try and create a different type of environment where uh, we can discuss policy, consult on policy, but also engage in new forms of policy development. So that whenever we eventually do get government restored here, <clears throat> there is a, a, a wider and more constructive uh, framework to support the work of the politicians. I mean, in some senses, I don't blame the politicians for the, the problems that are really quite evident if you look back over the last 20 years in education policy because the systems that people have been operating within have encouraged silo thinking and short-term thinking uh, and encouraged people to pursue partisan interests but we need to break out of that if we're actually going to solve some of the fundamental education problems that uh, have beset our system for an awful long time. So what are the, the main issues? Parents want their child to get the 11 plus and parents want their children to get 10 GCSEs. Well, that, that itself is one of the problems. Uh, one of the consequences of where we've got to is a very, very narrow sense of what education is all about uh, that's often focused on a very narrow set of quantitative indicators. Education is about much, much more than that. We even think about uh, some of the, the problems around sectarianism and uh, the creeping level of, uh, of violence that we we're seeing in Northern Ireland at the moment. Education is a key role in helping to prepare young people to to live in a society that's divided and make a contribution to create a, a, a more shared and better society. And that's something which has always been a rhetorical priority in the system, uh, but it's never been enough of a priority. There's lots of amazing work being done out there by amazing teachers in all sorts of different schools, but it needs to be supported and recognised an awful lot more. But that's just an example of where we need to break away from this narrow focus on the, the idea that uh, education is all about squeezing as many GCSEs out of a child as possible. Clear, 
really qualifications are important because what they do is open up doors and open up opportunities. Uh, but we have to have a much more expansive se- sense of what we want our young people to get out of schools. And we want all of our young people to, uh, uh, to spend the considerable number of years that they do in school to leave it with something of value that will allow them to, to lead fulfilled lives as citizens. Not yes, but, but, but Tony, it's only, surely it's only of value if it's on a piece of paper that you can show to an employer when you apply for a job. That's one of the things that's important, but there are other ways in which we can uh, uh, attach value to some of the outcomes from education, uh, because part of it is to do with the attributes and attitudes that people have uh, as well. Qualifications absolutely are important, um, but we have a very poorly, poorly organised or very sort of low status to vocational qualifications in Northern Ireland, which is not a good thing. One of the points I made in the presentation I gave last night was that when you, you look at uh, the way people are talking about education more generally, there's very often uh, insufficient regard given to the further education sector and that can play a hugely important role in trying to contribute to the whole skills development of, of society. So we need to have an approach which tries to uh, connect all of the different things that education do, to, can do and, and value those different uh, sort of opportunities uh, and outcomes that they can provide for our young people. And we need to find ways to get different bits of the system and our politicians and different parts of the education system all working effectively together for the common good. Uh, one of the things, again, I, I highlighted last night, uh, if you look at the, some of the achievement gaps, there's a, a lot of political attention has been given to religious achievement gaps, which are there and do need to be addressed. But it's actually a combination of a whole series of, uh, of elements of disadvantage, if you like. So if you compare uh, a Catholic girl from an affluent household to a Protestant boy from a low-income household, there are 46 percentage point difference in terms of the, 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 the performance levels from schools. And that is absolutely outrageous. And it is shocking that people aren't shocked and angry about that and focusing on it as a matter of absolute urgency. Uh, there are some countries that manage to combine excellence with equality in terms of educational outcomes. We have pockets of excellence, uh, but huge inequalities, and we need to address that as a, as a matter of urgency. But how do you do that? Do you see that comparison? The Catholic yeah. girl who's excelling, and she's in a socioeconomic climate that is very favourable, maybe two working parents, yeah. maybe one sibling, and she's getting her uh, very comfortable bedroom to work in. She's getting beautiful meals to eat. She's getting every requirement in terms of clothing, a relaxation, sleep, all of those things versus the young Protestant fella who's sleeping in a house where there's a lot of noise, there, there's uh, maybe a single parent environment, there may be distrust in the community uh, and the young lad has, has lost interest. How, how can you blame, or not say you're blaming, but how, how can the education system cure that? that that's a society issue to give, give the young fellow in the Protestant area a, a leg up to help his community. It's, it's not educational. But that's part of my point, that uh, the education system alone cannot solve the, the whole array of, of issues that are playing a role in that situation. But that's why education has to work with other government departments and has to work with other stakeholders to address the multifaceted nature of the, of the problem. Uh, I mean, the irony is that there's been lots of initiatives... Yeah, but what can the years. education system do with th- that housing estate in some part of Northern Ireland, which is down at heel, whether it's a Protestant area or a Catholic area, what can the actual education system, people working in education, people employed by the educational authorities, sure. what can they do on the ground there? 
what, what, what the system needs to do is to work across the government silos. Uh, the education uh, cannot solve this problem by itself, but if we, if we have a, a more realistic sense of the challenges that are facing the uh, delivery of good quality outcomes for all of our young people, then one of the things that we will quickly come to is we need to work together. Different parts of government need to work together. One of the, uh, one of the biggest changes uh, leading to a reduction in the, um, uh, the, the proportion of number of young people who left school with no qualifications at all way, way back in the 1990s was a change in regulations around how a year was defined. It was a simple bureaucratic administrative change, but it made a massive difference because it stopped young people leaving school in the Easter of their final year, so they stayed and they did some, some qualifications. Sometimes some of the solutions are not as, as uh, sort of big as you might imagine, but th- there are key things that need to be done across, across the system, and that, I suppose, was one of my main points. Uh, in a whole lot of different ways, we're operating in silos, each, each bit of it trying to deal with one particular aspect of the problem. We need to connect all those different elements and try and come up with bigger solutions. Part of that is about um, having more participative approaches uh, to policy discussions and policy development, involving young people, involving parents, involving society. Uh, in those sorts of, we did it before, they do it, uh, we do it in other places. Too much of it is behind closed doors, too much of it is secretive. We need more access to data. Uh, there is a government uh, policy around open data and giving people access to data so there can be more sophisticated analysis of things. The sort of data we have on education is quite limited, so we're not able to burrow down into the interrelationship between the sort of variables you've just been talking about to try and identify the areas where the, the real challenges exist so that we can design interventions that will actually make a difference. And we also need to recognise that this is not a short, short-term uh, issue. You're not going to solve it with two or three-year projects. We need to have a broader strategic approach um, uh, and that's what ha- has, been, has been missing uh, over the last 20 years. People have been driven towards short-term projects, short-term thinking, uh, using money uh, for specific interventions without really testing whether they're effective or not, and then doing it all over again. And fundamentally, some of the problems that we have continue to, to exist. Uh, and the obvious question, do we have the politicians the calibre of politician we need to change things? And do we have the calibre of church leader that we need to change things? Because church and politics control education in this country. Yeah, well, I mean, I know many people in politics and many people in the churches and many people in a lot of other education stakeholder groups that are deeply committed to doing better. Um, And so I'm confident that there are really good people out there who are prepared to try and do things. The problem is, the way the systems are operating at the moment is is giving perverse incentives to, to act in the short term or to act in partisan interest. One of the values of using uh, more participative approaches to, um, uh, to policy development, using things like citizens' juries or citizens' assemblies, is that sometimes that's a way of getting politicians off the hook of difficult decisions. I mean, that's what government is actually about. It's about uh, making difficult decisions around uh, difficult choices. Uh, and those things are, are constantly docked. If you look back over the last 20 years and some of the big uh, uh, sort of uh, strategic uh, processes that were explored, there's a lot of them just ran into sand for one reason or another 
because uh, politicians and others felt they couldn't take those difficult decisions. If we use a different approach to policy, we can get people off the hook of that and actually start to get into a situation where people start to think a little bit more in the longer term and a little bit more in terms of the broader common good of Northern Ireland. Because if you look at even comparing Northern Ireland within the UK as a whole, we have the highest proportion of our working age population with low qualifications. We have the lowest level of people in Northern Ireland with tertiary level qualifications. So there are some very fundamental problems that we need to to address. And given the challenges that are coming down the road, whatever happens in Brexit, we need to try and sort this out as an absolute matter, matter of urgency. If people do want to read Education, Equality and Economy by Professor Tony Gallagher, can they log on and read it? Do they have to Absolutely. subscribe to read it? No, no, no. It's on the uh, the Pivotal website, which at the moment has been hosted by, by Queen's. And if you, if you search for... Uh, uh, Pivotal and QB, you should be able to get a copy and you can download it and look at it and I'd be really interested if uh, any thoughts that people had on it. Yeah, one little thing that's ringing in my head from earlier in our conversation which I want to revisit is my reference to a single parent family. Uh, many, many single parent families have children that excel at school. I should emphasise that as well. Absolutely. And I think you'd Absolutely, agree with that, yeah. Tony. Uh, thank- Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for coming no. on, Tony. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Okay, all the best. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. That's Professor uh, Tony Gallagher from Queen's University. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.